You're listening to the sermon audio from Redemption Church. Redemption Church exists to exalt Christ, edify the saints, and evangelize the world for the glory of God. For more information on Redemption Church, just go to redemption.church. Good morning again, and let me invite you to turn your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 13 through 18 on this Easter Sunday and reflect on just why the the resurrection is so important when it comes to our faith, when it comes to the hope that we hold to in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so let me invite you to turn there in your scriptures, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We'll look at verse 13 through 18. So you're welcome to go ahead and turn there. Let me read God's word for us. 1 Thessalonians 4, starting in verse 13. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus... God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who will have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command and the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, I pray on this unusual Easter Sunday, Father, as we are unable to gather, Lord, that we might find encouragement in the hope of the resurrection, and the implications of what the resurrection of Christ means, not only for us today, but for this future glory that we long for with such great anticipation. So Father, I pray that as we meditate upon this text, as I attempt to to teach it and preach it to those who are listening, Father, I pray that it would be an encouragement to them on this Easter Sunday this unusual Easter Sunday, and Lord, that it might be a day of joy and celebration as we look forward to the day that we will be with you, the risen Christ. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So on this Easter Sunday, we are celebrating and remembering the triumphant resurrection of Jesus Christ. Even though Jesus suffered in his death, something we reflected upon this past Good Friday, we remind ourselves that he ultimately conquered sin and he conquered death when he rose triumphantly from the grave. And so all of our hopes, all of our longings, all of our yearnings, all of them find their fulfillment in the reality of this precious truth that Christ is risen. And as we remember the resurrection of Christ on this Easter Sunday, we have to remind ourselves, we have to insist that the resurrection is a historical and physical event. It's not a fable. It's not a myth. It is a historical reality. And it is this historical reality of Christ's resurrection that is the ground of our hope as followers of Jesus. 
Because if Christ did not rise, we of all people should be the most pitied. But Christ has risen. He is alive. And you know, on this Easter Sunday, I think perhaps we feel and we sense the the brokenness of this world in a unusual sort of way. As by the providence of the Lord in light of this COVID-19 pandemic, we are unable to gather in person to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. And for most of us, this is the perhaps the first Easter that we can remember that we are unable to gather with God's people. So this pandemic, I think, has reminded us all of the brokenness of the world, that the world is not as it should be. And so we feel it. And I think we rightly mourn our inability to get together today. And that yearning, that desire to be together ought to increase our longing for the return of the risen Christ. That day in which Christ will come back and he will finish all that he has started. He will abolish every sorrow, every disease as he establishes his kingdom upon the earth at his second coming. So today I want to encourage you with the hope of the resurrection. Indeed, that is what Paul wants me to do from this text. Right here from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he wants us to encourage one another, particularly when the days are hard. He wants us to encourage one another with the promise of Christ coming again, based on the historical reality of Jesus' resurrection. So here is the, the sermon summary. If you want to jot this down, it's real simple. Christ's resurrection ensures our hope for future resurrection. That Christ's resurrection ensures our hope for future resurrection. So as we kind of walk through this text here from 1 Thessalonians 4, I want to highlight four beautiful truths here about the resurrection of Christ. And here's the first one. Our future resurrection is grounded in Christ's resurrection. Our future resurrection is grounded in Christ's resurrection. So Paul is writing to a very young church here in 1 Thessalonians. And this young church is confused over what happens when Christians die. Now their confusion is a bit understandable, so we ought not to think too little of them here. Paul's ministry to the Thessalonians came to an abrupt end due to persecution. So the church at Thessalonica had a great deal still to learn about the gospel and, and what it means for their day-to-day -day lives, its practical implications. So the church is confused, particularly confused over what happens to believers when the Lord, well, in the Lord when they die. So the church has responded to the death of its own here in Thessalonica with a sort of hopelessness a hopelessness that, that Paul attempts to correct in this passage. So even though the resurrection of Christ is the pivotal moment in our faith, there are, to this day, a lot of Christians who fail to realize the, the implication of the resurrection on our lives. They fail to grasp the, the difference the resurrection of Christ makes upon their daily routines, particularly when they think about death itself. The resurrection doesn't seem to change the way they view it. 
However, before we see what Paul says in terms of how the resurrection changes the way we view death, we have to first understand that, that our hope for a future resurrection is grounded in Jesus's resurrection. That the resurrection of Christ is the, the climax of redemptive history, and it is at this point, this event, that we are provided with a living hope. Just look at what Paul says in verse 14 of this passage. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again. This is the conviction that is at the heart of our faith. That our belief that Jesus not only died, but that he rose bodily from the grave. Everything Paul is getting ready to explain about our hope for the future is grounded in this conviction that we believe that Jesus died and rose again. It is indeed the foundation of our entire faith. And so we hope in this truth and any hope that we have in this life is based in the historical and bodily resurrection of Jesus from the grave. So when you look over in 1 Corinthians 15, for example, where Paul is writing, Paul will, will call the resurrection of Christ the first fruits of what's to come. Let me just read you an excerpt of what Paul says here. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20 through 23. Here's what Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. So the physical resurrection of Christ from the grave, which we celebrate on this Easter Sunday, is the sum and substance of the Christian faith. You cannot have Christianity without the historical and bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus' resurrection institutes this, this new pattern, Paul says. It's a new humanity, a new hope. All who have repented of their sins and trusted in Jesus Christ have been united to Jesus Christ. And this is what Paul would say in Romans chapter 6, verse 5. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. You see, it's on the basis of our union with Jesus, our union with Christ, that we know that, that those who are bound in faith with Jesus will not only share in the sufferings of Christ, but will also share in the victory of Christ. As Christ triumphs over the grave, so will we at the end of the age. If Christ has not risen, then we would have no hope in the face of death. But we praise the Lord on this Easter Sunday that Jesus is alive. That the resurrection of Christ isn't just a fantasy, but it is a fact verifiable by the evidence. Because Christ lives, all who come to Christ have the certain promise of this future resurrection. Christ is the, the first fruits of what everyone in Christ will one day experience. So let me ask you that question, an important question. Do you have this resurrected 
hope? Have you turned from your sin? Have you called out to Jesus for salvation? You see, the victory of resurrection belongs to Jesus, and Jesus shares that victory with his people, those who have repented of their sin and clung in faith to Jesus. Have you done that? Have you repented and trusted in Jesus? Have you given your life to Christ? Has he cleansed you? Has he made you clean? So today we we reflect on this Easter Sunday, the wonderful future hope that we have because of the resurrection of Christ. But we have to remind ourselves that this hope is for those who cling to Christ now, in the present, today. So if you are not a Christian and you're tuning in on our Facebook live stream, we are glad you found us, glad the the Facebook algorithms caused it to to pop up in your feed. We're (laughs) glad that you're listening. But if you're not a Christian, I urge you to to turn from your sin this day and trust in Jesus. The resurrection proves that Jesus is a trustworthy Savior, that he has risen from the dead just as he said that he would. So may you call out to him. May you trust him. May you confess him as your Savior and Lord. May you turn this day from your sin and call out in faith for Jesus to save you on this Easter Sunday. And then you will know not only the forgiveness of sins that Christ has won for you by his blood, but you will also know the future hope promised by Jesus's resurrection. So because of our future resurrection is ultimately grounded in Christ's historical resurrection, this begins to change our perspective on death itself. And that leads secondly, to our future resurrection, changes our perspective on death. Changes our perspective on death. We see this again in verse 13 and 14 of our text. You see, we live in a world that tends to avoid the thought of death at all costs. Though it is a reality for every human being, we try to to banish death from the public view. We don't mind watching death if it happens in the imaginative stories of movies, but we dare not take a stroll through the palliative care of a hospital. It's taboo. It's uncomfortable for us. We have largely sequestered the thought of aging and dying into nursing homes. It's just not something we surround ourselves with. So it's out of sight. And so a lot of us, we can live most of our lives avoiding the stench of death directly. You can boycott funerals. You can refuse to be around death. Because death cramps the the style of our culture, a culture that prizes youth and vitality. So for the most part, we want to keep death hidden, whether it's locked away in the morgue or whether it's in the medical waste of an abortion clinic, we don't want to see it. We live in a world, in a world that is uncomfortable by the thought of death and dying. However, as Christians, we we think of death differently than the world. While the world may seem paralyzed by the thought of death, as Christians, we see death as falling asleep. Falling asleep. Look at how Paul phrases it in our our passage here in 1 Thessalonians 4. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, he says. Asleep. You see, the phrase asleep is not just a euphemism here. 
Paul trying to to rub off the hard edges of death and to, to be a little bit nicer about it. But rather, this phrase, falling asleep, this is a a reorientation of our perspective on death due to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, the resurrection of Christ, his physical bodily resurrection has proved that death is not absolute. The grave does not have the final say. Because Christ has risen, we know that death is a defeated foe doesn't have the final say. And even though we feel the sting of death in the present hour, in this present day, we know that because of Christ, its demise is certain. We know that it's coming. And we know that those who die in the Lord Jesus Christ will also share in the resurrection of Christ at the end of the age. So we understand death to be temporary and that the dead in Christ will awaken on the last day. So for a Christian, death is not a final stop, but it is a temporary detour until our awakening into glory. You see, because of this, those in Christ have no fear in death. Because why would we fear something that Christ has already defeated? Why would we tremble at death when the promise of My resurrection is secure and is certain because it's in Jesus, because I'm united to him. You see, in fact, something strange happens when when a Christian's heart begins to really grasp the, the hope of the resurrection. Because death no longer becomes something we fear, but for a Christian, death becomes something we long for, that we anticipate As Paul would say in the book of Philippians, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And then like Paul, a Christian can say, my desire is to depart and be with Christ for that is far better. You see how the resurrection changes our perspective on death. The resurrection of Christ soothes any anxiety I may have over my death. Death does not harm me in any way because I am in Christ. And so because I'm in Christ, if I depart from this life, I go to be with Christ. After all, Jesus is my treasure. He's my joy. He's the one I desire above everything and everyone else. The resurrection of Christ ensures that death will not be the end for me. So we are of good courage. And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Have you ever seen a a son or daughter of God die. It's a a sobering and it's a beautiful thing. I've seen many people in my ministry career lay on their deathbeds. And in fact, I've watched with my own eyes as a few saints have taken their last breath. And on those beds lie a fragile and shriveled up Christian. While their healthy loved ones are gathering around them in some sort of quiet whisper, And there is a sacredness to such moments that's hard to describe. It's a beautiful dignity. And though no one wishes to rush it, everyone in that room whispering is waiting for the call of God to call that saint home. And the room is filled with sorrow, yes, but it's filled with hope. It's filled with tears, but also with smiles. Because the sting of death is sharp, but the hope of the gospel is certain. 
I've sat by their side. I've read scripture. I've prayed over the dying. And I've heard the saints rattled breathing grow louder and louder as each breath becomes a painful struggle that lessens in frequency but increases in intensity until at last the saint falls asleep. And at that moment, we know the, the sobering but beautiful promise of the gospel that what has been sown is perishable, but what will be raised is imperishable. That the body has been sown in dishonor, but it will be raised in glory. That the flesh is sown in weakness, but one day it will be raised in power. That the natural body will be raised into a spiritual body. That the resurrection of Christ guarantees that there will be a resurrection of the dead. Therefore, as Christians, our perspective on death changes. We grieve, we mourn, yes, for the world is not as it should be, but we do not grieve as others do who have no hope. Because Christ lives, there is hope. And through the, the blistering pangs of death, the sweet comforts of resurrection promises fill us with unceasing hope. So have you grasped the the importance of the resurrection of Christ? Has it changed your perspective on death? As Calvin said in his Institutes, let us consider these, this settled, that no one who has made progress in the school of Christ, who does not joyfully await the day of death and final resurrection. For there is a day coming soon, church, a day coming soon in which the risen Christ will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Our future resurrection changes our perspective on death, but it also increases our longing for Christ's return. That's what I want to direct us to thirdly this morning, is that our future resurrection increases our longing for Christ's return. So the Thessalonian church mourned the death of their brothers and sisters but they didn't fully understand how the resurrection ought to change the way they grieve. So Paul draws their attention to the end of the age, when Christ will return. And Paul gives them this vivid picture that was meant to stoke their imaginations, to stir the yearnings of their hearts for the coming of the Lord. Indeed, as Christians, we must live with the future constantly on our minds. We must live with eternity in our view. We must live every day of our lives in light of the day, the day of the coming of the Lord. For at Christ's coming, we will see the brothers and sisters in the faith who have fallen asleep. There we will see them raised at Christ's coming. Paul gives the, the Thessalonians this certain word from the Lord, he says. And at the end of the age, whenever and however it comes about, Christ will return. And at his return, Paul says, there will be a resurrection of the dead. That those of us alive at the Lord's coming will, will witness the Lord resurrecting the dead. Those of us who are alive will see it with their own eyes. The dead in Christ, Paul says, will rise first. And the Lord will descend from heaven. The archangel will shout. The trumpet will blast the victory of Christ. And those of us alive will be caught up together with the awakened dead. And we will meet the Lord in the air and go with him as he establishes 
his kingdom. You see, we could spend a great deal of time focusing on how this will happen and when it will happen and, and what manner it will happen as we try to understand the complexities of trying to understand the return of Christ. But Paul's intention here, I don't think, is to give us any of those sorts of details. Paul's intention is to comfort the Thessalonian church who are confused by what happens. What hope do we have when a Christian dies? The, the intention of here isn't to, to give a chart of the end times to the Thessalonian church. The intention is to comfort the grieving saints. And at the return of Christ, here is where Paul puts the emphasis. Look at what he says. And so we will always be with the Lord. See that in the end of verse 17? And so we will always be with the Lord. The wonderful good news of this passage is that in the end, everyone united to Christ by faith will be with Christ for all eternity. That is the hope. So Christ will fulfill all of his promises. The dead will rise in Jesus Christ, and we, his united church from throughout the ages, will gather together with him, and we will dwell with our king for all of eternity. And as we celebrate the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ today, we remind ourselves of the glorious victory that will come at the end of the age. Because the resurrection ensures the victory of Christ at the end of the age. The victory that you and I possess because of Jesus is certain because it is grounded in the historical bodily resurrection of Jesus. Because our hope is certain, that ought to cause us to long, long for the day of Christ. We should long for that day in which we will see our Savior face to face. We should long for the day where we will see our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in which we might see them awakened in resurrected life. Because, church, the resurrection of the dead is coming. And we ought to long to hear the trumpet sound and the voice of the archangel. May we long to see the Lord descend from the clouds because Christ is coming and he is coming soon. And with each passing day, may our hearts long for him all the more. You see, this future hope not only increases our longings for Jesus, but it also provides us with present encouragement. Encouragement right here, right now, on this very day. And that leads, fourthly, to our future resurrection provides present encouragement. You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ ought to always be on our list. We have to always be talking about it. And in moments when we find ourselves discouraged, we must encourage one another with the future hope of this resurrection. As Paul paints this triumphant picture, this image, this vivid scene of Christ coming at the end of the age, look at how he says in verse 18 here, he instructs us to encourage one another with these words. Encourage one another with these words. The days often feel long when we follow Jesus. It's often hard to follow Christ. It's difficult to die to yourself every day, to crucify the desires of the flesh. And so day by day, we rely on the Spirit of God to do the difficult work of exposing our weaknesses and putting to death the deeds of our sin and our flesh. And by God's grace, 
As Christians, we strive for holiness. We strive to put on the character of Christ. And yet, even still, we live not only with the inner suffering of growing in holiness, but we see the external suffering marked in the world. And so we find ourselves inflicted with hardship as we bear our cross and follow Jesus every day. And so as Christians, we pour out our lives for the cause of Christ. We endure affliction. We endure the scorn of the world. But yet our present suffering should cause us to yearn for future glory as we encourage one another and remind each other of the hope of resurrection. You see, you will have times in your Christian life when you will become discouraged in your faith when you will feel like your legs have become like jelly on the pilgrimage of faith. And you will be tempted to to throw in the towel, to give up, to succumb to the despair and hopelessness that you sometimes feel. And if you have yet to go through such a valley like that in your Christian life, you will at some point. Narrow and hard is the way to life, Jesus says. Yet in such moments... When we feel low, when we feel like we're drowning in despair, we need to be reminded of the wonderful promises guaranteed by the resurrection of Christ. We need to hear God's word to remind us that all of this present suffering is not for nothing, that we need other believers, other Christians in our lives to to speak the life-giving word of the gospel to our weary souls. We need the reminder that Christ will win. He will have the victory and that there is an eternal rest for those who labor for the cause of Christ. God will finish what he has started into us. He will bring us into Sabbath. He will bring us into that promised land. And though we die for Christ today, we live in Christ with his future glory. Christ is the risen king. And we need the mouths of other brothers and sisters in the Lord to encourage us in these these realities. And we might particularly need that now. This COVID-19 pandemic that we're all going through right now, it's isolated us. It's prevented us from, from gathering together as God's people. And maybe on this Easter Sunday, you find yourself inflicted with depression, with anxiety, with a sense of hopelessness. Perhaps your heart is engulfed in fear, and this broken world has filled your heart with distress, and you feel the sorrow of this broken world uniquely during this pandemic. And if that's you, I hope that you hear the hope and promise found in the resurrection of Christ on this Easter Sunday, that victory is promised, that our hope is certain, that the world will be made new and that Christ will return for his church and he will wipe away every tear from our eyes and he will mend every heartbreak. So brothers and sisters, do not grow weary in following Jesus in these days. Do not fall into the bog of hopelessness because Christ is risen. And his resurrection marks the dawn of a new day, the dawn of a resurrected hope, because the stone has been rolled away. He is risen. The king has come. So therefore, do not despair, but be encouraged by the hope of his coming again. 
the promise that Christ has won for us, that there will be a coming resurrection of the dead. You see, may God help us to, to learn to live in light of the resurrection. Though Easter is a time we, we specifically set aside to remember and celebrate the resurrection of Christ, every day and every Sunday, we ought to remind each other of the hope of the resurrection. We have to rejoice, especially today. We have to worship the risen and triumphant King. May we give thanks to God for the victory that we have in Jesus Christ this day. For Jesus has overcome our sin. He has paid the, the penalty of sin that we deserved. And by his blood, we are reconciled to God. And the Christ who has suffered for us and who died for us has now been raised for us and for the glory of God the Father. So we have to learn to live with the end in mind. And may we live in the present in light of the future hope of resurrection. I love what our confession of faith as a church states about this truth, these truths that we hold so dear. Let me read this excerpt from the Redemption Church Confession of Faith. We believe that death is not the end. That though the bodies of men after death return to dust, their spirits live on. The righteous departing immediately to be with the Lord and the wicked to be reserved under darkness to judgment. We believe that the end of the world is approaching. That at the last day, Christ will descend from heaven and raise the dead, both righteous and wicked, from the grave to final retribution. That a solemn separation will then take place, which will fix forever the final state of men in heaven or hell. The wicked being a judge to everlasting conscious punishment and the righteous to everlasting life and joy. You see, on this Easter Sunday, remind yourself, be encouraged, death is not the end. And that if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you have been made righteous before our holy God. And you have the certain promise, grounded in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that you will experience eternal life, everlasting life and joy awaits you because Jesus lives. Let's pray together. Father, we are so overjoyed by the wondrous hope that we have because Jesus is alive. And Father, I pray that on this Resurrection Sunday, as we celebrate the resurrection of Christ, Lord, that you would comfort our hearts. Lord, perhaps today we feel the, the hopelessness of this world more than we normally do. Father, we feel the brokenness. We feel the effects of this world, the disease and death that has havoc upon this world today. Father, we pray that you would help us to be encouraged by the wondrous truth that Jesus is alive, that he has risen from the grave. And Father, I pray for all who may be listening and watching who have yet to trust in Christ, Lord, that they would repent of their sin this day and call out in faith to Jesus, not only receiving forgiveness of sins, but the hope of this future glory. And God, I pray that as followers of Jesus, those who believe and cherish these truths, Lord, that we would find comfort in them, that we would encourage one another in the hope of Christ's resurrection, and Lord, that we would yearn and long for the day in which Jesus would return, in which all would be made new, and Lord, in which the dead in Christ will awaken, and Lord, that we might see the kingdom of Christ, this resurrected, glorious, victorious kingdom, take place on the earth. 
So Lord, hasten that day. Come, Lord Jesus. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.